Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Politically Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Chris McDaniel, a reporter with St. Louis Public Radio. Joining me in studio today is... Jason Rosenbaum of the St. Louis Beacon. And... Joe Manis of the St. Louis Beacon. And our special guest this week is... Steve Elman, St. Charles County Executive. St. Charles County. Now, I can't speak for Joe or Jason, but I know, you know, me personally and you know, my other coworkers here, you know, most of the time we don't cover a lot of St. Charles. So give us a little bit of an update, who you are, what you've been doing. Well, the county executive, of course, is is the chief executive officer in the county. We're a charter county. Our charter is very much like uh, St. Louis County Charter. Mm -hmm. So my duties and responsibilities are pretty similar to uh, Charlie Dooley's in in St. Louis County. I work with Charlie and and Mayor Slay a lot, uh, along with uh, some other county officials down East West Gateway. Uh, talking about uh, regional initiatives and uh, regional problems and uh, hopefully regional solutions. As I kind of alluded to, the the, the office of St. Charles County Executive, our St. Louis County Executive, is actually very powerful. You have great control over the budget, staffing of departments, um, all those sorts of things. You, you said you were joking that you have more power than even the almighty mayor of St. Louis City. Well, but almighty. It's, but it's not uh, it's not enough. <laughs> like to to uh, to paraphrase George Bush, who said uh, this would be a lot easier if it were a dictatorship, <laughs> just as long as I was a dictator. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, the executive branch enforces all the county ordinances and state laws and whatnot. But we have a seven-person uh, legislative branch mm-hmm. who makes the rules, which is and, all Republican now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, right. It has been for about four years. Yes. Yeah. Now, for our listeners, I wanted to give them a little sense of your background because you are Republican. You were the former minority leader of the state Senate back when the Senate was in Democratic control back in the 90s. You used to play basketball with Nixon, correct? <laughs> and others. <laughs> you're, you're, one of, you're part of that select crew of people who played basketball with the governor. Yeah, well, I was, just, I was just in the House of Representatives at the time, so I was smart enough to know you needed to pass the ball to the senator. <laughs> I had no idea that one of them was going to be governor someday. Yeah, because yeah, at the time, because yeah, Nixon was in the Senate. So you went into the House in the late 80s, correct? Yeah, 88 I was elected, started in 89. Uh, 92 to two, uh, 1,000 in the Senate, and actually uh, served as floor leaders up and uh, floor leader, Republican floor leader, up until 25 days before we took the majority. <laughs> so I was the I was the uh, Moses of the Republican Party. <laughs> I uh, wandered in the wilderness for 12 years, but n- never saw the Promised Land. Well, I, I, I'm I'm shedding a tear for you right now. <laughs> But I did want to ask you about your relationship with the governor. I know you sat next to him when he made his announcement about how he's essentially going to call a special session for Boeing. It seems like you two have a a very good relationship. Has that translated at all for dividends for St. Charles County at all? Well, I I think the the governor, uh, obviously, the most recent uh, contact we had with the governor's office was a tornado. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he came... uh, he came mm-hmm. the next day and, you know, did uh, did all the things we asked him to do. Uh, I'm sure he would have done that for every other county as well. But uh, it's nice when uh, um, when you have those personal relationships. And uh, hopefully if ever we ever do get at odds over an issue, uh, we'll be able to sit down and uh, talk to each other and maybe come to 
some sort of uh, conclusion. Now, I hate to, to break up this relationship here, but I have to know who's better at basketball, you or the governor, or ne- who was better at basketball. Yeah, neither one of, them, neither one of us is very good now. <laughs> I think Nixon's knees are completely shot now, so I'm not yeah. really sure he's They've good. They've been I, replaced. Now, I could be wrong on that. I might be hit by lightning <laughs> by his spokespeople on that, but maybe the county executive have an advantage now, possibly. Well, um, it would be ugly to <laughs> get out there and play today. I was probably a better shooter and a better passer, and uh, he he had a great inside game, and you uh, liked to throw his weight around a little bit, <laughs> and uh, was known to uh, throw a few elbows. Uh, I heard but, that. Uh, in, his, in his own uh, way, he was uh, quite effective as a player. Absolutely, absolutely. He yeah. uh, he, uh, you know, he's a big uh, Mizzou fan. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a shocker. Yeah. Yes. Now, a couple interesting things about getting off the basketball a little bit Holy about St. Charles County is that, A, now it provides more votes than the city of St. Louis in most president major elections. B, outside of Springfield, it's arguably the largest block of Republican votes, which is why back when George Bush was president, I remember in 2004, he did one of his last stops in the state in St. Charles. Uh St. Charles has often been Rick Santorum when he was here mm-hmm. trying to get the presidential nomination. He did a big thing in St. Charles County. I was there. Uh, so, But at the same time, there's a number of union leaders. We were just talking about this before this started who live in St. Charles County. So you're, And a lot of the Boeing workers live in St. Charles County, which gives you kind of an unusual perspective on what's going on with the special session and what's going on with the debate over tax credits uh, do you want to talk a bit about that? Well, first of all, let me say that we're working on the union leaders to try to turn them into Republicans. <laughs> Tim um, Green that, might be a challenge. That may be. That may be. But um, you know, I remember when I was in in the Senate, they used to tell me that uh, that my district had the third highest number of uh, of uh, um, uh, union members. So St. Charles County's always been a, a kind of a blue collar uh, county. It's uh, We've got a lot more upscale housing now over the last 10 years or so, but uh, it's it's nothing like uh, other Republican strongholds like, for instance, uh, West County. Yes. And uh, I almost forgot your question. You wanted to get into the into <laughs> Yeah, the, the uh, special session a bit because we yeah. were talking before is that you wrote a letter to the legislators, which was quoted extensively on the floor today by Senator Eric Schmidt. Well, I can't believe it was uh, quoted that extensively because it wasn't very long. It, uh, it was to Eric and also to Ann Zare, who's actually my state rep, who are the two sponsors of the, the various bills, and basically told them that when I was growing up in St. Charles, almost all my friends, their dads worked at Mac, and that there's still an awful lot of people in St. Charles County that uh, that now work at Boeing. And uh, we need to do everything we can to uh, keep those jobs we already have and hopefully get, get some more on this new, uh, this new project. What do you think of the proposal uh, that, that is the general outlines of it, which is $150 million in tax credits? Well, the, the thing I like best about it, uh, from what I've been told, is that, uh, is that if, if the jobs aren't created, we don't pay the money. Yeah, it's 2000 over 10 so years. So it's, it's, right. uh, it's a... You know, uh, basically, if you don't if you don't do what you say you're going to do, it isn't going to cost the state anything, and that's not always true, as you know, from many of the other economic development uh, uh, programs that are out there. Well, you've been a big critic of TIFs. 
Do you want to tax increment Absolutely. financing? Yeah, tax increment that. financing, which uh, allows a city to go ahead and and give away not only its future revenue, but the future revenue of the county, of the school districts, of the library district, and fire and ambulance districts, and, and everything else. Yeah, and I think there's an important distinction here. I'm very much uh, opposed to government picking winners and losers. And uh, East-West Gateway uh, has done a study that, that has shown over the last 20 years we've spent about $3.8 billion on these TIFs simply to move uh, retail businesses around. And uh, you can see the result of that if you drive by Northwest Plaza or Jamestown Mall or Crest, uh, Crest, Crestwood Mall. And, um, you know, we've, we've spent a whole lot of money here just creating different places for people to shop. And developers have played one city off against another to try to track the uh, uh, the TIF so they can, that city then will get the uh, the tax revenue. My point is, wouldn't it have been nice if we had, over the last 20 years, spent that $3.8 billion uh, attracting companies like Boeing to bring more jobs here? And um, so I see this as an entirely different. And we're not simply moving uh, the pieces around the game board here. We're not simply moving uh, jobs from one part of the region to the other. We are moving from one state to the other, and in the perfect world, I guess that that wouldn't uh, that wouldn't happen. But uh, given the uh, the way things are today, uh, you know, it's, I think it's well worthwhile to make an attempt to get these uh, to get these jobs here in St. Louis, where we already have a, a trained workforce, who I think would do a great job. Uh, for Boeing. What do you think the chances of success are going to be? Obviously, the competition for this is fierce. There are a lot of other states who are vying for the 777X. Um, do you think Missouri has what it takes to, to get the, the job? Well, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly not going to be easy, but I don't think we can afford not to, um, not to try. And again, um, if, if nothing else, we need to do something that perhaps will protect the jobs that we already have. Uh, I remember not too long ago when Boeing had, what, 25,000 yes. workers? And now, now they're it's down 15. to 15. Uh, in fact, um, you know, my, my sister just retired uh, from there a couple years ago. So, I'm, hmm. so I kind of got updates on, you know, what's going on there. And, and things are fine right now, but there's a lot of reason to be concerned about the future. Yeah, because there's a number of the military aircraft that are being built there now are being phased out within mm-hmm. the next few years. Right. And this is a commercial aircraft that they would be building, the 777. Yeah, cor- right. Correct. Missouri's right. um, operations now are virtually entirely of the, from the military arm. So mm-hmm. getting part of the commercial business would be okay. a big deal. And let's remember who Boeing's uh, competitor is in the commercial field. Uh, that's the uh, European Airbus. Uh, Airbus which is heavily subsidized by, I assume, several of the governments in Europe. So they're in a, a competition here with other companies that are that are heavily subsidized. They are probably going to have to be subsidized to a certain extent to be competitive. And uh, whether it's uh, South Carolina or Alabama or Missouri, um, there's, there's, they're going to use their leverage to, to try to get as much of a subsidy as they can. And if uh, they were wanting to build a new uh, mall, I'd be 100% against them. But what they're talking about is bringing thousands of high-paying jobs. Now, one of the things that some 
more conservative lawmakers have brought up is one thing that they think puts Missouri at a disadvantage to other states is that we haven't had a or adopted quote unquote right to work, which mm-hmm. is shorthand for and Joe can maybe explain this because I always forget. Well, right to it's work. It's hard to succinctly. Right. I mean, yeah. right to work, the term basically would bar companies or unions who have gotten a majority of the workers to vote for union representation to require all of the workers in that plant to or make in it a that, requisite for employment. To make it requisite for employment or to pay the dues. They would mm. have to, the union would have to try to get them to pay the dues, but they wouldn't have to. Whereas now, a company and a union can agree to that all the workers in that particular bargaining unit each have to pay at least the fee. Now, they can um, not pay the portion that goes for political purposes, but for re- the representation fee, they can automatically get that. Okay, so, so thank you for explaining what that <laughs> so, is for our listeners. <laughs> Do you think that's going to be an issue here? I know that obviously some of your constituents um, well, who are members of unions probably don't want that, but do you think that'll make it I, make I, it be an issue? I, Joe, are you old enough to remember '78? Yeah, and so you remember this was on the ballot in yes. Missouri, and it was a rather bloody battle. I was still teaching school and not involved in politics. Yeah, Kip Bond still talks about that. Yeah, does he? Mm-hmm. And uh, he says it was a big mistake for. I think I think that. you got to look at what's happened in Seattle with their union. And look at the, the the much better relationship that Boeing in St. Louis has had with mm-hmm. theirs. But you're absolutely right. This is going to be part of the discussion. And and uh, if if the Boeing officials think they're going to come to St. Louis and get the same sort of treatment they've gotten from the union up there, they won't be coming. Mm-hmm. But I have faith in the leadership of uh, labor in this area. Uh, th- they're smart enough. They understand that. I think the trades have already offered to yes, do uh, to do uh, triple shifts. Uh, that will expedite the, the the building of the plant, which and, sounds exhausting, by the way. But I hope they're rotating no people. Over, well, oh no, no yeah, they'd, <laughs> be, they'd be rotating people. But I know it's just, that was that was just... that was my uh, that was my terrible attempt at humor for but the day. We've uh, we've been doing twenty four seven for the last four or five months uh, on the Page Avenue extension out yeah. in St. Charles, so we could get it in shape before the weather turned, so that we could continue to keep working on it. Uh, so it's it's not unprecedented, but uh, it's the sort of thing uh, that I think shows good faith uh, by those folks. And uh, you'll have to ask the Boeing people how important this is going to be. Now, I, I wanted to kind of shift gears a little bit to kind of regionalism because that's kind of a buzzword now for various reasons. <laughs> and St. Charles is, a, is and, increasingly becoming a bigger player because of the population. Absolutely. And I want to preface this by saying St. Charles is already kind of involved in a bunch of regional efforts, whether it be East-West Gateway, whether it be Great Rivers Greenway. Lambert. And Lambert mm-hmm. International Airport. I want to get that out of the way, first of all, because I don't want to give the impression that they're on an island somewhere. But when you talk with St. Louis City and St. Louis County officials, there is this growing friction or frustration among them that St. Charles hasn't bought into, say, Metro, the Zoo Museum District, um, Proposition P, they decided not to vote on that, the so-called arch tax. I'm sure you hear this all the time from officials. I kind of wanted to get your perspective on why St. Charles hasn't been involved in it and whether you think they should kind of buy into some of these regional taxing initiatives. Well, you've already indicated we have we have uh, b- bought into some. Um, again, the the key word you just said is tax, mm-hmm. an mm-hmm. negative. 
can we can we do something that doesn't involve a tax increase and call it a regional project? I think we'll be right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned uh, we have more voters uh, than St. Louis City. We've had more voters for a long time, right. but we actually have more people now since the last census. And yeah, yes. we're the second largest uh, jurisdiction. Correct. And um, you know, we voted on Metro years ago. Uh, it almost passed. It didn't. I'm my prediction is. Uh, you know, someday, uh, probably when uh, gas gets to about 4 or $5 a gallon, there'll be interest in uh, mass transit in St. Charles County. I mean, but so, it, so do you feel that as the county executive, you really can't push that since the voters voted it down? Oh, we've 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 done polling, and, okay, and and there's there's no doubt about it. There's 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 not the sufficient support. Ninety-seven percent of the people in St. Charles County already have a car. Even if uh, the cost of commuting gets extremely high, and some people, you know, take the option of taking a bus to work, uh, that bus isn't going to drive around the neighborhoods out in Wentzville. Right. You're still going to need a car to get mm-hmm. to a bus stop. You're still going to need a car to get to a bus stop. It's not like the neighborhood we're in right now, where the bus, you know, you can walk five or six right. blocks and, and and catch a bus. That's just not going to be the way mass transit happens in in St. Charles County. If it happens at all, at all. we've got um, scat buses and we've got uh, uh, oats buses for elderly. Right. And I mean, we we do some things now to try to help that three percent that does not drive or doesn't have a car. Uh, but again, um, you know, as long as 97% have a car and, uh, you know, as long as they're given the choice on whether to tax themselves for something else, I don't see it happening for a while. Now, if, if, if St. Charles County voters, for example, had decided they, they could have voted on Proposition P, which is the Arch tax, but the, the, the council didn't put it on the ballot for various reasons. I know you had a lot of misgivings about that. Um, well, I didn't one, have misgivings about the project. I yeah. was concerned about the fact that uh, TIF money was going to be taken out of that tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the end, the, the reason it didn't go on the ballot is because the uh, the Great Rivers Greenway was not willing to take the money that's now being collected from St. Charles County and use it to pay for the election. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's we true. had already had, and, and, and if you, you may remember, we had the whole extended debate about uh, a smoking ordinance. Yes. Yes. And we had already told the, the sponsor of that uh, bill that we were not going to put a special have a special election for smoking in April because it was too expensive. Mm -hmm. So what they were asking us to do is to do exactly that for the arts tax and then ask us to pay for it. Do you think it would have passed? I I get the impression that it's going to have a real hard time passing among St. Charles County residents for various reasons. Is that kind of your indication as well? It'll take a real sell job. Yeah, I think, I think it will. Uh, and, and it may, we may still put it on. Yeah. Uh, the the good news, I guess, is that uh, the legislature, Senator Smith, did a, an amendment uh, last year to go ahead and uh, exempt the uh, arts tax funds from TIFs. So people are, who are paying that money will see all of it go to the arts project and not see any of it diverted to various other development projects. If we put it on in uh, November, um, then that's the same... Uh, Election we're already on. It won't involve any additional costs. Mm-hmm. So um, that's uh, that's something that's uh, you know that certain people are still discussing. Now, let me just generally say that 
what people don't understand, and you know, is that um, people in St. Charles County already contribute quite a bit to the tax base of St. Louis City and County, and uh, specifically on on buses. We had uh, we had bus service out to Mid Rivers Mall ten or fifteen years ago. I think they made seven trips a day. There weren't enough people to use it to continue it. So it was, you know, it's it's not like uh, it's not like there's this great demand. Would high speed rail do better than buses? Do you think out there? High speed rail? Yeah, or just light rail. E- light rail. Way. The problem with either light way. rail is that right now it goes as far as the airport. Right. So who's going to pay to take it from the airport to the river? Well, that's I think what I'm wondering. It, what I about think if it was winter? at the river, then you know, then it might it might work. But are the people in St. Charles going to have to pay to get it? Out to the river, and then also into St. Charles County. Right. What right. about Zoo Museum District? That's one. That's Zoo Museum District. Uh, it, and what I was saying is, you know, a lot of people. I've been told that forty percent of the sales tax at Chesterfield, uh, in the various Chesterfield Bottoms uh, business district, forty percent of that tax is paid by people from St. Charles yeah, County. Yeah, I've heard that. Too. And when and when they had the big uh, openings of the malls out there, I happened to drive by and the. And the line on the on the highway coming from the west was just as long as the line on that the does highway not surprise me at all because St. Charles Countyans love a good outlet mall. <laughs> but continue uh, with regard to the Zoo Museum District, and I, I've suggested this for a long time. I, I think what they need to do is, uh, you know, if you simply uh, ask people in St. Charles to vote to tax themselves to support it, it's unfair now, right? Okay, and it would be just a little less unfair then because we got. Illinois, we've got other counties in Missouri. They they still wouldn't be paying. Right. I don't understand why the uh, uh, the zoo museum district doesn't simply establish uh, uh, an, fees. an entry fee. In an fact, I was going to ask you another. And see word. if yeah. they had an entry fee, then they could come to our council and myself and say, "All right, your people are, are going to have to pay this amount, and we think there'll probably be about this many people come over. Would you like to go ahead and contribute so that your people can get in for the same price as the people who are paying taxes in St. Louis City and County?" And I'd be glad to take that to our council, and 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 then everybody other counties could do the same thing if they wanted to, like Jeffco or like, like Jeffco. You know, yeah, other, we've, others. As I mean, well. we've got a dedicated uh, park tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, uh, we don't charge entry to any of our parks or any of our uh, facilities, which unfortunately are nowhere near the quality of the ones in um, in St. Louis County and city. And uh, you know, I think uh, people in St. Charles um, definitely appreciate, especially the zoo with all of our young families. Uh, but so far, I've heard nobody suggest anything like this. Uh, and of course, we would be opposed to. Uh, to a tax if you still had half the people in the region mm-hmm. not, uh, not participating. Why do you think they haven't, like, approached you about that? I, that that surprises me that they haven't at least mentioned it, that say, hey, look, we're going to have to start having people outside the city and county pay a dollar or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think my guess is, and I don't know, but my guess is is the tourism dollar is such a big part of it that they wouldn't want to do anything that would actually uh, – uh, dissuade people from coming in from further reaches uh, on summer vacation and things like that. Is the have you done any sort of calculations on how much sales tax St. Charles County may be losing because of those two big malls that are now in St. Louis County, West St. Louis County? Do, do, do you have any sense on how much? The you're initial losing? the initial impact was not 
not that much, but it may it, it's so far we know what happened in August. We don't know what happened in September, uh, so we're still holding our breath. Uh, the initial <coughs> results that it's not that significant, but uh, our problem is sixty one percent of our budget is based on sales tax. Well, in fact, that's that's what's going to ask yeah. you. I mean, is there any possibility where we could see? And I think there was one outlet mall. I think it's outside St. Charles County. Wasn't Warrington? In that, Warrington. That one failed. Mm-hmm. But I mean, do you? Could there be another war of outlet malls, or there be one or two put in St. Charles County? Have you heard that? Haven't heard of any uh, coming to St. Charles County. The problem uh, is that people in St. Charles, including myself, who grew up there, we're used to going to St. Louis County and St. Louis City for a lot of things. I mean. You know, before we had Mid Rivers Mall, we went to Northwest Plaza, and and uh, we come to the baseball games and the and the zoo and the other things we're talking about. Generally, people are not used to going the other direction. Hmm. So, we have uh, the, the exception might be Bass Pro, <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, Bass Pro does very well, and I'm sure it gets a lot of people from uh, from St. Louis County to come out there. But generally. Generally, people in Bridgeton and Chesterfield, they're not used to getting in the car and driving to St. Charles County to shop. So so the tax seems to flow in, in one direction. And, and again, um, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, we, we use facilities in St. Louis County and St. Louis City. And when, when I go to the baseball game 20 times a year, I pay a lot of, a lot of sales tax to, uh, to the city of St. Louis. And uh, for that, I get uh, hopefully a a safe street to drive on and a in a secure parking lot to park in and uh it's the way it works. Do you think St. Charles is fairly represented not just in the legislature but also in Congress because your congressional representative is actually Blaine Luchtemeyer who lives uh west of Jefferson City. Is he your, is he your representative or is it Ann Wagner? Well, they kind of split. Blaine is yeah. mine, but yeah. You know, that, that line just goes right through the middle of the county. And yes. I think yes. you need to get on a computer to figure out which uh, district you're in. Yeah, I was very disappointed when the, uh, when the legislature uh, drew those lines. Um, I was hoping St. Charles County would be completely in one district or completely in the other. Um, but if you want to look at it as the glass half full, we got two, uh, we got two congressmen. And Anne's done a super job of uh, uh, reaching out not just to the people in her district, but all the people in uh, in St. Charles County. And Blaine uh, Blaine does a good job, and he's got a great staff, and uh, he's been around a lot. So, um, I guess you could say we're you know you could say we're better off because we got two. You were actually involved in the Senate redistricting, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I guess St. Charles is essentially split in half, like it was last time. Mm-hmm. It's almost split into three. But that was actually thrown out because it was unconstitutional right. for whatever reason. I, I would assume that in 2020, because we're looking way into the future on the Politically Speaking podcast, maybe it will have three will encompass three senatorial districts as a population or something like that. But that's more of an observation. Well, I hope the whole if the whole region grows, that's going to be sure. That's going to be for sure. W- what was your experience being on that commission, by the way? It was kind of a wild ride. That it was uh, – it was very difficult because the people in St. Louis, I don't think, appreciated all the demographic changes. Uh, they needed, I want to say it was 47,000 more people uh, to justify um, keeping the same number of senators yes. that they had before. Yes. 
and it was just a simple matter of demographics. The rest of the uh, state had grown more than the city and county together. Jane Cunningham's still furious about that. Oh, I know she is. And, and uh, you know, I voted against it the first time we voted on it because, because of Jane, and I felt bad about it. But when you start doing the numbers, it was, um, you know, there's still the same number of senators from the St. Louis region. There's just not the same number from St. Louis city and county. And that reflects what you've been talking about, just the fact that uh, that the outer counties have grown so Because, much. for example, St. Charles gained a bunch of House members. Oh, yeah. And, and that kind of showcased how much population growth there was. Um, and there's even a Democratic member from St. Charles, um, Bill Otto. So I guess it's diverse who, politically now. Who, who most of his district is in St. Louis. Yes, County. including my, my grandfather's house. It's, it's <laughs> gerrymandered in, which I just yeah, think is that hilarious. Yeah, that was the, the house people. I, I, I think we did a better job uh, drawing some uh, lines uh, in the Senate redistricting than they did in the House. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting experience. And, um, again, um, you know, I think the region has the same representation. It just, it's just from different parts of the region. Now, now I guess before we, we sign off, I guess you have a some issue to take with a sustainability uh, study or grant of yeah, some sort. Yeah, you want to talk about Yeah, I, we're probably not going to have much time to get into, no, into we'll, that. But I, I want to just give people a heads up that that's something they need to pay attention to. Are There's you a, concerned about it? And yeah, I'm, and, I'm and concerned about, about it. Explain bit. what we're yeah. talking it's, about. Uh, there was $4.7 million in federal funds made available to do a study of sustainability in uh, the St. Louis region. Now, Joe, I'm sure you remember the the whole fight 15 years ago about urban sprawl. Yes. And my first concern was, well, you know, is this just going to be is sustainability another term for, for urban, sprawl. urban sprawl? And um, the report does not go nearly as far as people did 15 years ago when they suggested growth boundaries. The legislature yes. actually telling people you couldn't live in certain places. I think they've realized that that's probably uh, – not in the best spirit of uh, American democracy. So they're not suggesting that anymore. But they still – this report still seems to say that we know best where people should live and we should do our planning so that they live there. And my theory of government is people should live wherever they want to live and their government should respond to their needs. We don't build new roads in St. Charles County to encourage people to move out there. In fact, they move out there and fight traffic for years until we can catch up and build the roads to, needed to serve them. So I think it's a basic philosophical difference from uh, uh, people how they see the role of government. You know, is it is it to plan? Is it to tell people what's in their best interest? Is it, Or is it to go ahead and serve people where they want to live. And, you know, in St. Charles County, we've had a lot of growth. But I tell people we have never uh, spent a dime on advertising. We don't do anything try to get people to move to St. Charles County. And, in fact, a lot of our people out there, when they move out, they want to—they love to close the door and be the last <laughs> one because they show up when the people across the street want to go build a subdivision there, and they, they think it's just fine the way it is. So it's not like the people in St. Charles are in some sort of competition against the city of St. Louis to have more people. The problems are that people in St. Louis County and St. Louis City uh, – who used to be absolutely happy with the neighborhoods they lived in, uh, became unhappy with the neighborhoods they lived in and decided to move to St. Charles County. And quite frankly, one of the things we talk about every day is 
how are we going to make sure that they continue to be happy with the neighborhoods they have in St. Charles County and don't want to move to Lincoln or Warren County someday? What do you see as the biggest challenge facing St. Charles County? Um, not making some of the same mistakes that the older parts of the region made. Can you elaborate on that briefly? Well, I think, uh, you know, I've said I've said this for years, and not just uh, not just since the recent uh, uh, transfer thing with the students. People move to St. Charles County for two reasons. It's not because they have great roads, because the roads aren't very great when they <laughs> move out there. They move to St. Charles County for safe neighborhoods and good schools. Okay, and if St. Charles County ever quits guaranteeing and providing. Uh, safe neighborhoods and good schools, people will look to to move somewhere else. And that's why, you know, when we see Riverview and we see um, Normandy, uh, Normandy and, and you remember I was around for those battles as far back as 92, yes. and, you know, nobody even thought, we, we talked about this transfer plan there, and people thought, well, you know, if, uh, if the city of St. Louis becomes unaccredited, People will just move to St. Louis County, and they already got an involuntary transfer program, so really, you know, what's what's new? Nobody in 92 dreamed that Normandy and Riverview someday would be in the same situation as the city of St. Louis schools. And I guess right now nobody dreams that any school in, in St. Charles County would ever be in that situation. But 20 years from now, if we don't do something and we don't change – the way we do things, uh, that could happen. And that's what we spend a lot of time um, talking about, at least in our office. And there's not a whole lot we can do about schools under our charter. Uh, but uh, what we can do, we do. Now, one one final question. You're up for re-election next year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Are you planning on running for re-election? Yes. Do you ex- I ask this to every person. Do you expect to have opposition in the Republican primary or the dem- Democratic now, this, this would be your third term, correct? This would be my third term. It would be the first time I was anywhere longer than eight years. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess my question is, do you expect to face nobody? Nobody has, uh, nobody has announced anything yet. But last time I, uh, I went without opposition until the 4 o'clock on the last day and <laughs> somebody put their name on. So I'm sure that somebody will – Somebody will run. So I guess we may be covering the hotly contested St. Charles County executive race along with the hotly contested St. Louis County executive race. I hope I hope not. <laughs> Keep well, your fingers crossed. Do you have one last message as far as to the legislature as they're looking at this Boeing thing? Well, it's um, generally, especially having been in the Senate, you know, the Senate is, uh, is known for uh, being the deliberative body. And it's unfortunate that we don't have more time to deliberate about this. Uh, but again, I think the safety net here is if no jobs, no money. And I'll close this out here. You can read all of my stories at stlpublicradio.org. You can read all of Joe and Jason's stories at stlbeacon.org. You can follow me on Twitter at @csmcdaniel. You can follow Jason on Twitter at Jay Rosenbaum. You can follow Joe on Twitter at Jay Manis. It's J M A N N I E S. We'll be back next week. Until then, so long.